Hi everybody, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I hope you're having a great day. I want you to kind of uh, buckle in for a little bit of a, a very difficult section of scripture I want to cover and follow it by a fantastic set of scriptures that you may never have seen before. One verse, just one verse. If you understand that one verse and you understand all of its ramifications, you will be well on the way of understanding all Bible prophecy. And what verse might that be? Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately, and I'm reading from the NIV, immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven or from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now, let's read that in another translation. The King James, for example, says in verse 29, Matthew 24, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Where else can we find something that's similar to that, that we might gain some understanding from. Well, let's try Isaiah 13.10. Isaiah 13 and verse 10. Here's what it says. Well, let's back up to 9. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Whoa. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. That's verse 11, chapter 13, Isaiah. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man more precious or rare than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the day of the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. Unquote. World War Three is on its way. Jesus in Matthew 24 said in uh, verse 6, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. There's a guy on YouTube which 
I'm intrigued by a little bit because he explained the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, I've always understood this to mean war. That's, well, actually, it starts with a false prophet. And that false prophet comes in on the white horse, representing purity and religion or worship. And then the red horse comes next. That represents blood and war. And then the black horse follows that, which is famine. And the, the uh, pale horse, or the gray, or the greenish horse, represents pestilence and death. So, look at the colors. What do we have? We have white, we have red, we have green, and we have black. What are the colors of the Islamic world. Well, these colors appear on their flags. It's my understanding that 64 countries, including Afghanistan, Algeria, Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Comoros, Comoros uh, Iran, Iraq, Jordan, Libya, Maldives, Morocco, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Tunisia, Turkey, and Turkmenistan, just to mention a few who have those four colors in their flags. Hmm. Could it be possible that the writer, John, of the book of Revelation is trying to depict who the people are that's causing the trouble in the world? Hmm. Flip on over, if you would, to the first six verses of chapter 34 of Isaiah for a minute. I know you've probably heard this before from me. Come near, you nations, to hear and listen, you people. Let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth from it, for the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury is upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them and has delivered them to slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out, and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses. Ooh, gross. And mountains shall be melted or covered with their blood. All the host of heaven shall be dissolved. Now that sounds just like what we read there in verse 29 of Matthew 24. The heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. That's interesting. And all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls off the vine and as the falling, excuse me, the falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed or drink its fill in heaven or in the sky. Behold, it shall come down on Idumea, the Middle East, upon these 64 countries that are Islamic, and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood and is made fat with fatness and the blood of lambs and goats, which is, in my opinion, a uh, reference to army men, with the fat of the kidneys of rams, 
and the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra. Now, where's Basra? There's actually two Basras. One is in Iraq, and the other one is the country of Jordan, I believe. And a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. And to me, that is Babylon. So where's that as a reference? The giant books of Jeremiah, chapters 49 through 51. And I'm not going to read all that uh, with you, but let's just hit a few of the highlights. Concerning the Ammonites, aha, Ammon is Jordan, says the Lord. That's verse 1. And then, uh, let's see, dropping down to 7, chapter 49, Jeremiah, verse 7, concerning Edom and Timon, well, that's Saudi Arabia, and Dedan, these are all cities in Saudi. Uh, let's see. And then we'll go down to 23, Damascus, Syria. Interesting. In verse 28, we find Kedar, which is again Saudi Arabia, and Hazor, which Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, shall smite. Hmm. In verse 34, we find the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet against Elam, that's Iran. So I understand. And then in 50, we find the word of the Lord that he spoke against Babylon. Well, that's that whole region. The realm of Nebuchadnezzar is Idumea, which we just read. And it's Babylon. And there are clues all through here about Islam. Shout against her, for example, in verse 15 of uh, chapter... 50, shout against her round about, she has given her hand or submitted herself, her foundations are fallen. Well, you know, Islam itself means submission. It's a clue. In verse 18, he says, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will punish the king of Babylon in his land. Um, as I have punished the king of Assyria. This does not bode well for any of those 64 Islamic nations. Look at verse 23. How the hammer of the whole earth, talk about troublemakers, they're hammering the whole earth, is cut asunder and broken. How Babylon has become a desolation among the nations. Okay, let's talk about that a second. You know, uh, in prophecy, we have always thought that the United States of Europe was going to come and beat up the United States of America or Russia. You know, Rosh. We thought that was Russia. And it turns out it's more like Turkey. Well, Turkey has kind of a key position because it's in between everything just about like Israel. And why would Russia be interested in Israel? 
because of their competition in natural gas production. Now, Israel has found that they have under their feet more natural gas deposits than anywhere on earth. Whoa. Well, that's competing uh, in sales toward uh, Europe from Russia. No wonder they're so hot to get that oil. They ask for it. They tried to uh, bribe them or pay for it. They said, no, we're not doing it. Well, what about China? They have oil interests, don't they? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where? Well, that would be Iraq. They own the newest fleet of um, oil refineries in the world. And where are they located? They're located in Iraq. So they have oil interests there too. Well, what about Iran? Don't they have some interests? They have oil? Yes, they do. Now, those are Shiites. The, the Iranians are Shiites. And what's happening in Europe? Well, let me tell you what's happening in Europe. They're being invaded and taken over by the Shiite branch of Islam. And who's the, the, the Sunnis then? Well, that would be Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Egypt, Morocco, Afghanistan, or no, I think Afghanistan is, uh, is Shiite, actually. But the lower tier of nations that border on the southern uh, shore of the Mediterranean, those are going to be Sunnis, in my view. That's the king of the south. Whoever heads up all those nations together as one imam will be against the king of the north, and we always thought that was going to be Russia. Well, no. I don't think so. I think it's going to be part of the northern tier of nations, which is all of Europe. Whoa. They're taking it over. How are they taking it over? They're not having a war over there. Well, sort of they are. But they're also having eight to one children. They're going to invade just by overpopulating themselves in those countries. And they will displace the natives who were born there. Italians, Germans, French, Spanish. All of those peoples are going to be replaced by Muslims. In in my opinion. Here's another clue in uh, chapter 50. Verse 35. A sword is upon the Chaldeans. Now that, I believe, is the Iraqis says the Lord, and upon the inhabitants of Babylon and her princes and her wise men. Now, to me, by extension, that means the whole region that Nebuchadnezzar controlled and named Babylon. That's all of the Middle East. A sword is upon all the liars. Well, what? Yeah, well, liars are the Muslims. Why do I say that? Because they say it's okay to do that. It's okay to lie 
as long as it advances the cause of Islam. And they shall be foolish. A sword is upon her mighty men, and they shall be dismayed. A sword is upon their horses, their chariots, their mingled peoples. Uh-huh, mingled peoples. You mean like Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Portugal, all in there? Yeah, mingled peoples. And in uh, the people that are in the midst of her, they shall become as women. A sword is upon her treasures, and they shall be robbed. A drought is upon their waters, and they shall be dried up. For the land is full of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Therefore wild beasts of the desert and wild beasts of the island shall dwell there, and the owls will dwell there, and it shall no more be inhabited by human beings forever. Whoa. Neither shall it be uh, dwelt in from generation to generation, for as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 40, chapter 50 of Jeremiah, and the neighborhood cities, or the neighboring cities, therefore says the Lord, so shall no man live there, and neither shall any son of man live there. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the coast, the uttermost parts of the earth. And you can read the rest of this, and I don't have time to read it all, but this really puts the screws to the Muslims, if you ask me. I mean, it just nails their coffin shut. For example, in verse 39 of chapter 51... I want to read this in verse 57 together. In their heat I will make their feasts, and I will make them drunken, so that they may rejoice and then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the Lord. No, they're not going to burn forever in hell. They're going to be dead and gone and forgotten forever. In verse 57 it reiterates that much the same way, and it says... And I will make drunk her princes, her wise, her captains, her rulers, her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep, and not wake, says the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. God signs off on this twice. You can't be awake and asleep at the same time. They're sleeping a perpetual sleep. They're not conscious. There's no such thing as an immortal soul that goes somewhere while we our bodies lay there rotting away. No, not at all. In verse 58 he says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken down, and her high gates burned with fire. The people shall labor in vain, and the folk, or the nations... For or because of the fire, and they shall be weary. And what fire are we talking about? Well, why are uh, the sun and the moon and the air and uh, all that not are, are, are darkened? Why are they darkened, and why are they not able to give their light? 
because of the fire. What fire are we talking about? All right, let's go to Revelation 9, 2, for example. And then we'll go and see more. 9 and verse 2 says, well, I'm going to back up. The fifth angel sounded, this is verse 1, chapter 9, Revelation. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. And to him, or to it, was given the key to the bottomless pit. Okay, so we, we have a pit, and it's seemingly bottomless. And the and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit. Aha, uh -huh. that's what's going to do this. As the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened. Why? By reason of the smoke of the pit. Whoa. Come with me, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 32 and verse 7. When I shall put you out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. Yeah. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. This isn't talking about a little cumulus cloud. This is talking about the Earth's atmosphere. All bright lights of heaven I will make dark over you. And set darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. Wow. Well, let's go to uh, verse 4 a minute. And it was commanded them, and this is talking about the, uh, the locusts that come out of the smoke. Locusts represent, in my view, helicopters. Warbirds. Um, let's see. It was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any green tree, but only those men who have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, the seal can either be a, well, it can be a number of things, but in my view, it's the spirit, the attitude of the individual. The people of Islam are going to be angry people, and they're going to hammer the whole earth, as we read. And so, wow, the trouble really isn't between Russia and the United States. It's between the two Islamic factions, the Sunnis and the, the Shiites. The Shiites are old school, that's the king of the north, and the, uh, the Sunnis, the Shiites are in the north, the Sunnis are in the south, the, southern, the southern uh, shore of the Mediterranean, along there, all those nations, and they don't get along, they hate one another, even though they're all Muslims. So they're going to fight each other. And all those who have interest in the area, like the United States with Israel and uh, Russia with Israel and Turkey and Iran and then China in, in uh, Iraq, all these, that's what's going to make a world war. Exactly. It's not between us directly between Russia and us, or Russia and China, or China and the United States. 
but we will be wanting to stop the war between the Sunnis and the Shiites, seems to me. And that's how we get involved. We're trying to protect our oil interests, if you ask me. Well, anyway, I promised that I would do more in the way of giving you some encouragement. Well, let's go to the 35th chapter of Isaiah to start with. 35, Isaiah. This is good stuff. Here we are. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Wow. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with the joy with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given. Uh, excuse me, given to it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Now, you can read the rest of this chapter, but wow, this is really getting good stuff. Instead of all this trouble and the war and all that going on in the world, we're going to find peace. Notice chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod, or a shoot, out of the stem of Jesse, a son of David, in other words. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now this would be talking about Jesus himself, Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, or love, he shall judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. For he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and in the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Jesus is coming back as a ruler, as a conqueror, and he will put down all those wars. He'll stop every one, and it will be quiet and peaceful at long last. The righteous shall be the or righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and continual faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. No more carnivores, are you serious? The leopard shall lie down with the kid. This is not normal. The animals are going to have a change of nature, as will we. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. That's not happening today, I'll guarantee you that. The cow and the bear will feed together, and their young ones lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Did you know that was in the Bible? The suckling child shall play on the hole of the poisonous snake, 
and the weaned child put his hand on a cockatrice's den, and they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. And that means government, and that means worldwide. See Daniel 2, verse 35. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That sounds pretty good to me. I just want to go over there to Daniel 2, verse 35, and see what it says. Daniel uh, 2, verse 35. Well, let's go to 34. You saw till a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image on its feet. What happens to that image? Remember that? It falls into pieces. Which smote the image on his feet, uh, that were of iron and clay, and broke them into pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold, all that whole image, broken in pieces together and became like the chaff of a summer threshing floor. And the wind blew them away, and there was no more place found for them. The stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Yes, Jesus is coming to rule and reign. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's Matthew six thirty-three. So, there is good news coming. Jesus is alive and well. He owns the planet. He owns the universe. And why is it there? Why did he make it? Why did he build the foundations of the earth? The foundation of what? The foundation of the universe. He's planning on building out the universe and filling it with people. Where do I go for that? Simple. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 16. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. And we'll have to pick that up next time or at an, another podcast. But I hope you have a great day. If you want to learn more and be encouraged in your faith, go to my website. There's nothing for sale on there. No advertisements, period. It's I, the letter I, tell, T-E-L-L-Y, W-H-Y, dot com. So until next time, this is Albert Hardy. Have a good day, and thanks for tuning in.